Welcome back to another episode of Survivor Worldwide. We're here with the runner-up of Survivor South Africa Immunity Island, Smash. Smash, how's things on your end since the show ended? It's been about a week now. Has things sunk in? Uh, how are you doing? What's up, Chris? And hello to all the reality pop uh, viewers out there. Um, yeah, look, it's been a whirlwind of a week. Um, unbelievable experience, which... I still have to sort of bring myself back down to, to earth a little bit. But um, yeah, it's just been unbelievable. The support and everything and the love shown, you know, on social media and in, in person has just been, it's been surreal. Yeah, what a, what an experience, you know. Um, now, you are a coach of rugby, and I definitely have to throw a rugby question out there as a bit of an icebreaker for us to start the conversation here. So I want you to think about your final five castaways that you had out there on the island with you. So Karan, Satoni, um, Tyson, Chappies, and Nicole. If you had those five individuals within your rugby team, which yeah. positions would they be playing in your team and why? Okay, so... Tyson, I would put him on the wings. Um, he's, he's, he's got a bit of speed on him there. Um, bit of a speed demon, yeah. Uh, yep. Centurni, Centurni is, she's going to be my scrummy. And the reason she's going to be my scrummy is because at scrummy, you've got to be evasive and a little bit cheeky. And I think yep. she put that ball quite nicely. Um, Kieran would be my fly half. He's, he, he's the linchpin. He's the guy running the show. Um, and he, he fits that mold quite well. Um, then I think at like at, at, at eighth man or at hooker, you need someone who's just got a calming presence. So that would be my Nicole for sure. And I think I got to give Chappies. Chappies would be Chappies would be my fullback. So a pretty solid spine there, I think. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I like how you uh, put them out there. And I'm surprised that you didn't leave the uh, first five, the glory person there for yourself when you were to play. What position did you play in um, school when you were, were you a forward or a back? Uh, I was looking at my body, you would think backline player, but I was actually an open side flank. Um, yeah, yeah, I used to play yeah. towards the ball quite nicely, um, ran good support lines, but was never really the most biggest guy. So I knew I knew when to pick my battles and pick my moments for sure. Yeah, it's funny. It's another thing we had have in common. Like we both studied how to coach, and um, I played open side at school as well. But then when oh, I moved nice. to New Zealand, they moved me to second five. They told me I was too small, so yeah. <laughs> um, I played some second five club rugby over here. But um, back to Survivor, I guess you know, were you a fan of the show prior to going out there and playing it, or was this sort of a new experience and a new challenge you wanted to take on? So, yeah, so for me, I was very much aware of the show, but I wasn't typically, like, I wouldn't have regarded myself a fan, um, you know, and I say that in the sense of, like, you know, with with, with regards to season six and seven of um, Survivor SA, I sort of watched those in preparation to go on. It wasn't something that I'd watched in that, you know, when it was actually filming and it was actually airing. So, yeah, um, I have definitely become a huge fan of the show. Uh, let me tell you, um, I, I love literally listening to all the podcasts, listen, like engaging with the discourse on social media. Like it's just been such a privilege to be part of this like fr a family now or fraternity, if it, as it were. So, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly a fan now for life, uh, I must say. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a very intense group of fans. I think you probably didn't even realize until you finished the show how much would be coming your way afterwards. Um, one of the things, you know, that I really enjoyed watching your game this season is um, you came across as quite a cheeky player at times, you know, and um, you you had your fingers also in there and you stole a little bit of protein for yourself early on in the game. And a lot of people gave you flack later on when you started calling chappies out a bit about that. Um you know, being out there, you know, when you sort of did that, was that sort of game and strategy to go against Chappies? Uh, or what, what was your thinking in regards to that since you kind of did that yourself to a certain degree as well um, within the game? No, look, I mean, I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It was a stroke of genius um, from Chappies to do it, you know. And, and honestly, um, had he expressed that uh, without it sort of coming out and, and he owned that in, in a final to sort of chat and I was on the jury, I think that would have won me over, you know, because like I said, it is something that I did and it's it just speaks to that will to survive and that will to to do anything to be there at the end. Um, having said that, though, it is still a game and I, I needed to as best as possible keep targets on other people. So, yeah, I definitely would have um, oversold how my frustrations are, uh, towards it type of thing. Yeah, no, 100%. Now, you formed a lot of different relationships within the game. You were someone that was quite fluid, and you had a lot of people that, you know, quote-unquote, saved you at certain points, which sort of, I guess, comes down to good social play, in my mind, because a lot of people wanted to work with you. Um, were you kind of surprised that there was so much negativity towards you in that final Tribal Council because of the fact that people saved you and that people couldn't see the fact that you played a really strong social game? Um, yeah, it was a little bit surprising, I must admit. Um, it, it sort of threw me off and I think I was unable to sort of recover. So as the sort of final travel council went, it just got like a little bit more difficult for me to express my game as, as eloquently as I'd maybe stated it in, at the beginning of the travel council. Um, but, you know, having said that, um, I was still quite confident or hopeful, let me rather say, I was hopeful in that, you know, a lot of these guys would would have maybe been like, okay, you know, but I've played with this. There was a time when, you know, Smash and myself were strategizing together because it wasn't like a matter of, oh, Smash, this is the name to write down, you know, like it wasn't always like I was just being told at the end or last minute type of thing. So, you know, um, I was hopeful that, okay, even though the final tribal council didn't go my way, you know, these guys have been playing with me, so maybe they might factor in that, that whether I backstabbed them or I voted for them and then told them that I was going to vote for them, whatever the case, you know, um, like at one point or another, we were aligned and we were strategizing together. But having said that, uh, again, I, I, I do maintain that this was a very perceptive and a very intelligent um, jury that would have obviously made a very... I th what I believe is a very impartial and objective view. So I do, like, I hold nothing against, you know, the votes or how it all went down type of thing. Who were the, I guess, two people that you were the most disappointed in not getting their vote? Obviously, they're entitled to their vote, but you would have banked yeah. on at least these two people voting your way. Oof. It's, it's, uh, it's tough to, 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 to boil it down to two, but if I had to say mm. two... Um, I would probably say Renier and a very close toss-up between Tyson and Amy. Like, but Renier would have been someone that I thought, you know, this, this 
here's someone that knows that I've been playing type of thing. Um, and obviously, you know, in that vote of, uh, with him and Amy, who were the two people I was working with at the time, like I, I genuinely did everything I could to, to try and get that vote off of them. You know, it was unfortunate that we, we spent that last day together because I, I'm pretty sure that they would have been saying and doing the right things had we maybe taken a different, um, sort of pair to come with us. Um, but yeah, as, as soon as we got back, I started, you know, fighting because, you know, that, that's my team and <laughs> you got to war for your team. So, yeah, I think um, as by way of disappointments, which I'm not because, like you said, they, they, they are entitled to their votes. But if I had to say anyone, it would probably be those two. Yeah. And and it's the two I was the most shocked at as as well that they didn't vote your way. And especially, you know, um, I guess you had Amy and Sean playing the game with you quite a bit in that first swap tribe that you went into. Um, can you talk us through a little bit about how that galvanized you three together as a as a type three within that group? And also some of the things that you did behind the scenes, because a lot of the focus on the edit was around Amy during that time, and we saw a little bit of Sean having a connection with with Carl. Um, I am aware that you had a friendship with Paul as well, that potentially you knew him from even before the show, potentially, I've heard. I don't know if that's true. Can you talk us through sort of what were the things that you were doing at that time? Because you did go a little bit missing at times there in the edit on the show. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, effectively, so Paul went, Paul went to the same high school as me. Shout out King Edwards, kids. Um, and uh, he, he, so he went to the same high school and he also, um, he plays rugby at the club that I'm currently coaching at, um, in one of the senior sides. So, you know, our lives were very much aligned and he, you know, from his point more so than mine, he did very well to downplay that. Like I was more wanting to sort of have that out there. He was the one who's like, yeah, let's just keep this under wraps mm. type of thing. Um, but yeah, when we, when us three sort of arrived there, um, it was it was very evident and very clear that there was a very clear divide here with obviously Santoni sort of playing both sides, but there was a very clear divide. And I think initially um, the general consensus was that, okay, we, you know, we obviously going to have to be lockstep and we got to move as a three because that's the only way we can sell ourselves to this group of six or to these factions within the group of six that, listen, there's, there's incentive for you to, to jump ship. Um, but yeah, so, you know, when we got there within the group, I think there was an overwhelming feeling that, you know, the Carla Warder side was initially the side that we were going to go with. I obviously wanted the Paul, but, you know, um, we, because we were moving as a three, I was also happy to, to go with that, that other side. Um, but it really didn't take long at all for that to change. It, it must've been like a, ma a matter of, one conversation with with Carla and Mike, and, and and literally then, sort of everyone's tune changed, and that obviously suited me because I was happy to work with Paul as someone that I knew, you know knew from the from outside of the game. Um, I I must say I think the the edit pretty much shows quite nicely, you know, that at that time I was also happy to sort of follow Amy and Sean's suit. I think the where I sort of like where I sort of came in my contribution, which was I think very important for us, was that um, you know 
Amy was the one who put the the, the target on Sean when we were at Zumba 1.0 by saying there's, you know, I think he might have an idol, is a bolt. Yes. And then Sean was the one that put that target back on Amy by, you know, roping Jason in and saying, we need to go for Amy. So, yeah, for me, I had two individuals that would literally come to me almost like every day saying, yeah, but I don't trust this person, you know? And I'm like, just there in the middle saying, listen, Amy is with us. And then I'm sitting down with uh, I'm sitting down with Amy and saying, "Listen, Sean is with us, you know, like we've got this type of thing." So that would have been my contribution. But as far as the decisions and stuff, I, I was happy to let them sort of run with that. Makes sense. Now, during that time is also where you're in that tribe where you go and do the water challenge, and yourself and Santoni struggles out there in the water, and Chappies comes in and helps you guys there. Can you talk us through a little bit why that challenge was so difficult to do on that day, and did you prepare, you know, coming into the show to do swimming challenges like this? Have you always been a strong swimmer, or is this something that you've struggled with? Can you talk us a little bit through um, that challenge specifically? Yeah, look, I mean, my, my, I would I would never consider myself a strong swimmer, nor would I have prepared for or, 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 or done more preparation because uh, like the my capability or ability to swim, I felt would be sufficient, you know, like mm. the, the, the extent of my swimming was at, at, you know, school galas and stuff, but I would always put my hand up for my house. Like it's, it, it's not something that I've struggled with, but I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a strong swimmer. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that that day in particular, you know, I, I can remember it was raining quite constantly before that day. So obviously, the, you know, there was a, the current had a, a major, major role in in how that sort of went. But if you have a look at that, that particular one, you know, the getting to the getting to the actual device or that, that thing that I, that we had to go and untie um, that that was quite comfortable for me. But as soon as I untied it, I started holding it like a floaty device and using my, my legs to kick. And I think I probably would have been better off with all four limbs available. So chucking it forward and then swimming towards it, chucking it forward and then swimming towards it. And, I, you know, uh, but by the time I eventually did get to the other side, already Dino and Kieran were there and the, their third person was coming. Um, I don't know if it was Renee or Marisha, but... Um, you know, Kieran and them were like, yo, we could see that, you know, holding on to this thing was not a right place. So we, we like, the, like they learned off of me, you know, and I, I, I don't know if maybe if I hadn't gone first, I might have probably also picked up on that and been okay. Um, but, you know, I think the highlight though for me of that day, as difficult as it was, is just the, uh, like the humanity shown by Chappie. So, you know, I have a lot of respect for him for doing that and sort of putting aside any game or, anything you know he, he assessed the situation um you know even though there are lifeguards you know on standby and everything he assessed the situation he made uh, you know judgment call which you know effectively saved me so yeah kudos shout out to him if you're watching chapters thank you brother yeah and it's good it's good to set the record straight i think i was on the podcast at that time saying i don't think this is chappy's trying to show off this is just him reacting it's natural instinct that's kicking in and you're going to do anything you can if you know you're capable in that situation to to save someone so i mean yeah i guess i guess you know hats off to him you were there you would have experienced what it was like and that water looked really muddy and really ridiculous one of our live viewers at the time said that if someone were to go underwater like it'd be difficult to find them as well in yeah. that muddy water because it's quite different from the, the the water you get in Fiji or Samoa when you've got the clear water, you know. So, um, yeah, hats off to him. So, 
Tyson came on here and he sort of dropped a little bit of a bombshell um, on his exit interview when he said that you and him had a bit of a secret alliance that formed prior to the merge. Uh, you know, can you talk us a little bit through your relationship with Tyson when that formed and sort of how that carried both of you guys through, I guess, the post-merge stage of the game? Yeah, no, I mean, like, it was very unfortunate that both with Kieran and Tyson, you know, just circumstantially, we only got to meeting each other, you know, at that, uh, that third iteration of Zumba, or Zumba 3.0. Um, but I always had a very good sense that these were two individuals that I'd want to work with, particularly Tyson, you know, we, we basically come from the same hood. He's a, he's a KZN boy, he's a Zulu boy like myself. Um, so, you know, there was a natural, pretty, like, easy connection to, 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 to have there. You know, it's a major, major sports fan, um, particularly football, supports the wrong team, by the way. I don't know who who or why he would support Chelsea, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, so so it, it was very evident um, that this was someone that I could work with going, you know, beyond merge or post-merge. Um, but also the lines were also very clear that if I wasn't being saved in those moments, I, at the time it, it felt like I would have been the the natural votes to go out, you know, you know, Warda wasn't particularly happy with me then. And I think they, at the time, sort of seen me as a, so, uh, as a social threat, uh, if, as it were. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was like, yeah, we, we, I see you, we, let's work together. But I know that if I'm not saved, they, they're going to come for me, type of thing. Yeah, I mean, one of the things with Tyson in the final tribal council, he said that you had the strongest social game up there with Karan. Um, again, it comes down to, you know, you already said you were kind of shocked that he didn't vote for you either because he complimented your social game there. Um, do you believe that move that you half sort of, you know, you were half committed to it and then pulled out was ultimately the, the nail in the coffin in regards to getting the votes from Karan and Tyson and that they, you know, sort of held that against you going into this final tribal council? Well, I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't want to come and say that they held it against me, but I would definitely, you, you know, I would definitely say that I'm not sitting here today sort of like, where did I go wrong or where did it go wrong? It's very mm. clear and it's very evident. And I think I would have lost a lot of people's votes um, after that, 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 um, that particular episode. Yeah. So with... With that vote, what, what, you know, I know you've sort of explained your reasoning probably a few times in regards to that. What was the, I guess, the main thing that sort of made you uncomfortable in that situation, not wanting to go the direction that uh, Santoni and, um, you know, Chappies wanted to go with splitting the vote there? And also, why did you not let Nicole in on changing your mind there in the last minute? Um, sure. Okay, so I think... At the time, I'm trying to put myself back into that sort of headspace, but at the time, it was like I was finding it very difficult and like I was frustrated at the reasons why they're changing the vote, you know, like why they're splitting mm -hmm. it. And again, you know, it makes so much sense. Obviously, when I'm watching it now and able to decompress, all they actually are saying is logic, you know. Um, mm -hmm. The man's got an idol. It, let's split it just in case. But at the time there, you know, I, I, maybe it's being caught up in the game and everything, but you just like when when they when they then came back to me with all these different sort of adjustments to what I thought was a pretty 
solid, simple plan. Um, and I'm a simple guy, you know. <laughs> I like to keep things nice and easy and simple. Clarity, I, I think I mentioned it at the in my final mm. speech, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I definitely feel like my ego got in the way there. And the more the votes or the more the, the decision started to change, it started to me feeling like this was no longer my plan. You know, now I'm being told what to do. Um, so I think that got in the way uh, and, you know, I put my hand up. That was a, a huge, huge blunder. As for why I didn't let Nicole in on the plan at the time was I think, you know, all of that, all the, you know, everything that happened in terms of once I then go and tell Kieran and stuff, I, I think Kieran would have made reference to it in the finale where he said, I didn't leave him with much time to adjust and you know re-strategize and plan because this all happened kind of just before tribal council so I, I don't know if there was an opportune moment to speak to nicole and also i wouldn't have wanted to necess necessarily been seen to be speaking to her too much if i've now just gone back to kieran and tyson and said i'm prepared to go with the initial vote and work with you guys again which effectively would have been a nicole so yeah i, I really don't know what i would have done that particular vote, I'm, I don't know that I would have voted for um, Nicole, but, you know, if that was still on the table, I, I might have. But um, going into that particular tribal council, I thought that that was my ticket home. Like, I thought that was me. I honestly thought it was just it was going to be my day. And then, thankfully, it didn't turn out to be that way. <laughs> now, you had to make a decision, a very important decision at Final Four in regards to stay sticking with Tyson or voting Nicole out potentially in that spot. Did you ever consider voting Nicole out or were you pretty much in the camp that you needed to take Tyson out of that spot? And do you believe that with Tyson's injury, you would have had a better shot against them going into that final challenge? Because I know a lot of people said that Tyson was good at endurance and he potentially would have done pretty well. Do you think his injury was sort of enough of a factor or was that never really in your thinking? Nah, I, 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 don't, I don't really think it was, you know. Like, again... I, I, I'd be lying if I if I got too intricate about my thought process at that moment because I just remember after the Kieran vote, it was literally, you know, that's when sort of mine and Nicole's relationship actually took place. It was it was a thing of like, listen, Nicole, this is how I've been playing. Um, I feel like I, I have tarnished a relationship with someone who's playing from loyalty and I kind of just said to her, from this point forward, so from Centuni's vote forward, I'm with you and that's not going to change. So there's not a whole lot that would have changed my, you know, my thought process on that. I, I think I wasn't even thinking like, okay, who would be the easier person to sit next to? Or, you know, beyond that point, it was like, okay, this is my person. I'm playing with cards faced up, you know, with Nicole. And that was very evident um, moving forward. Yeah. Did you and Nicole have a pretty tight relationship early in the game as well? Or was that something that was kind of born out of necessity as the game evolved? Well, you know, for me, like uh, uh, from having done the homework that I did do to prepare for this, uh, to prepare for coming on, um, it was very clear like that you, you don't want to necessarily make false and empty promises to everyone type of thing. So, you know, when it came to the early days, I was very, I was very intentional about wanting to work with Renee and Amy. Obviously, that then became Amy and Sean just by, by virtue of the tribe swap. But 
beyond Renee and Amy and that's very at the very beginning, it was just, okay, everyone else socialize, get to know them, like, you know, get to know what drives them, who they're playing for, what brought them here, you know, like where they see themselves going. And, and I mean, that's genuinely how I am in life though. Like for me, like passion gets me going, you know what I mean? So mm. like, it was always those kind of conversations with Marisha, with the likes of Marisha and Nicole and stuff. So I think that put me in good stead that, you know, when it was time to either work with me or when it was time to save someone, you know, it was like, okay, well, here's that smash, our guy, you know, this is like someone that we consider mates type of thing. So, uh, you know, Survivor is a long, long time that you're out there for a whole day. We get to see a very small snippet of your day. What did, what did the sort of daily routine look like for Smash out there on the island? What did you get up to when we didn't see you on the camera? Because, you know, you're a bit of a cheeky guy. I'm sure you got up to some shenanigans. We obviously saw you hide that um, secret advantage for <laughs> Chappie Switch Made TV, which was brilliant. Um, what other things sort of didn't make the cutting room, I guess, and we didn't see it on the TV show? Um, yeah, look, I mean, to be honest, most of the time I was just helping around, like collecting wood for the fire. Um, I did a lot of, uh, sort of self-reflection and shout out to Anesu and, and Warda actually, because a lot of the yoga and like meditation I was doing was with Warda at the beginning and then post-merge was actually with Anesu and like, it was just a great like opportunity to sort of decompress and also map out what your next move is going to be. You know, to say that there's a lot of downtime in this game, you're probably not playing it the right way. So for me, like any time that optically looked like I, it was downtime or I was taking a minute to myself, I was, you know, game theory in the head. Like, okay, what is this person's sort of best play and move forward? What is the benefits of them working with me or working against me? And I was just doing that, you know, is it the prisoner dilemma? Like <laughs> with every single person and, and, yeah, that sort of kept me, that kept me plenty busy. Um, you know, also foraging, I, 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 myself, Kieran and, and Tyson also foraged for mussels and stuff on the regular, not as much as chappies, but um, yeah, just helping out wherever I could. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, I was going to talk about the food situation. It got pretty dicey there towards the end with it being pretty low. Um, how much does being so deprived of food and nutrition out there cloud your judgment when it comes to making some of these important decisions? Does it make it harder towards the end of the game compared to what it was like early early on? Sure. I mean, I, ca I can't even begin to tell you, like, you know, I'll – I mean, I went on there 93 kilograms, right? Which is probably the, the second heaviest guy behind Dino. And like, I eat six times a day, you know? I still mm. do, you know? Uh, like, um, so to 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 kind of go from that to now in a situation where it's like, okay, guys, one carrot, one banana each. Uh, and that's that's us, you know? Um, it was brutal. The, the, the very, the first few days were devastating. And, you know, it, I mean, I'm not even surprised that I drowned on the day that I drowned because I think that the previous night was the watching watching the other tribe literally eat Brewerville's rolls in front of us, you know. <laughs> it was brutal. But after after a certain point, um, just, just before merge, I, I would say, so the first time I got sent to Immunity Island, I think at that point onwards, you, you're so used to now, like, the, the little that you have. So... 
Um, and, and you see exactly how it, it, it benefits you. You know, like we would eat sort of, you know, I don't know, roughly an hour before we had to um, go and, and, and uh, participate in the challenge. And it was literally just enough sustenance to get us through the challenge and, and, and then get us through any conversations like, you know, once we arrived back to camp. But yeah, just, just like having that one meal um, and only eating that one meal, it was, it was brilliant to see how the body just adapted to pulling and drawing all the nutrients and stuff um, that, that that one meal gave just to do what you needed to do. But then, boom, like almost like sh system shut down. You know, when we slept, we slept because you are exhausted. You, it's, to, to eat once a day is it's miserable. <laughs> what was the uh, food item that you missed most while you were out there? Oof. Um... I love my meat, eh? like I like, uh, like a bra, you know, um, yep. I think it's barbecue there in New Zealand. Um, but yeah, I, I, that, so I would have missed steaks, chicken, like all of that type of stuff. I, I would have been missing badly and a nice cold beer to wash it down. Still bummed I didn't get to have a single beer whilst on the show, but I did, I did get a glass of wine. So <laughs> <laughs> I was going to, I was going to say, um, it, it, you look like you, you know, you enjoyed your food, but nobody enjoyed it as much as Chappies when you were out there eating the steak with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I did get to have my steak at least. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, that, that was an experience. Eh? I was just like, okay, I mean, I'm really grateful to be here, but are we gonna? Am I gonna be eating with this audio the, for the entire duration? Just mm, ah, and I was like, let me tell you, yeah, all right. <laughs> and see how that baby was made, my man. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, um, kudos to him. Thanks for for bringing me. Uh, chappies and um yeah i think it was a, a good play on our end to then also say that we only had one to share because yeah that rice looked that rice looked hella good even though we had just eaten <laughs> <laughs> i i hear you on the on the six times a day eating as well if you're an active person you know you it takes some time to get used to for sure um do you think that sort of having that low nutrition because everybody's bodies just feel differently some people can go on less and still perform do you think that it had an effect on your ability to perform in these challenges and how shocked were you um as someone that is a bit of an athlete that coaches that you couldn't really pull through when it came to doing those individual immunities at the um post-merge stage of the game yeah so it, it's it, you know it's interesting like this, as this is going to sound because obviously like you said i couldn't really pull through out many of the those challenges but for me i went on the probably in like the worst conditioning i've ever been in type of thing you know like me my normal fighting weight is like around 82 83 kilograms and i went on the 93 like i was very heavy um and I sort of felt that I got like lighter and more mobile as the game went on. So, you know, beyond merge, like that's where from a physical, physical point of view, I was feeling my best. Obviously, the endurance challenges, I won't even get into that. Like I was never really that strong at that. But I mean, you know, the tethered rope, got pre I did pretty well in that. Um, Again, the, the 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 sort of brain one where we had to do the colors, I, I fell short to to Kieran and, and Anesu by like one decision. Um, and then obviously from when we had the 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 challenge with Centurion Chappies right through to the end, like pretty much the closest person on Chappies heels in all of those challenges from then onwards. So I definitely felt like I got better, but 
as I was getting better, there was this challenge beast also getting better and lighter and faster. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think I would have been in a better chance to take out some of those challenges had, you know, Chappies left in that first um, post-merge vote. Um, but, yeah, kudos to him uh, and kudos to Nicole for eventually slaying him. <laughs> 100%. So here's my next question. Who was the best pre-merge player that you got to take out before they even hit the merge and who would have probably caused some troubles and who was the best post-merge player that you got to get out before the end um best pre-merge uh it's it's a very close tie so can i can i give two names yeah go for um, it yeah i'm in a generous yeah. mood <laughs> <laughs> um it, it's it's a it's a toss-up between dino and um carla for two different reasons like Dino, him being a student of the game, like I feel like he would have just gotten better and and, and in those individual challenges, he would have just killed it. Um, I don't know how much social capital he would have gained per se, but I definitely think that he would have been someone that could have could have just maneuvered his way through the game had he gone had he stayed around for longer. Uh, and Carla was just a, like a social butterfly, like absolute mm. beast in that regard. So I, yeah, I was really chuffed that 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 she left <laughs> when she did because she would have been very dangerous if she made up with the you know her, her majority, which was effectively on the other side as well. You know, and, and Nesu and Kieran and them and Tyson. Um, yeah, that that could have proved disastrous. So, yeah, those were the two I think pre-merge, post-merge. Um, didn't get the one that I wanted until the very end, which is Chappies. Um, so I'm happy he didn't make the final because. I think that would have been a foregone conclusion. Um, but I guess because he made it that far, if I'm not looking at him, I think another person I would have been happy didn't last longer than they, like, didn't make it to the end, I think would have been in a Nesu. Just, again, out of respect to how, how, how good she was as a player as well, you know, the social side of her and everything and strategic I mean, yeah, I, I had a lot of, like, respect for her and her game. I think my mm -hmm. ego just at the time, I just couldn't look beyond the fact that I did everything to try and keep Amy and Renia. And, you know, it, it, the, the move wasn't right for her at the time. And I get that. But then the next day, you know, when I, when we sort of had these two souls, these two pitches, one from her, uh, Chappies and Centurion, and the other from the other three, uh, like at that time, I was just like, okay, well, I'm not going to work with this person. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was like, I'm not going to work with this person. Uh, you know, they didn't help me out when I needed them. But yeah, I, I, I don't regret it that much because I think she is such a good player that it might have been costly had she stuck around much longer anyway. Shout, Shout out to my preseason winner pick, you know, Anesu. She was the preseason winner pick for me, and um, I really enjoyed seeing her play. And hopefully, we get to see her play again. And, and that leads me into the next question. You know, um, if you were asked to go out there and play the game again, would you go out there again? And secondly, if you did go out there and it was a rival season, who would be the rival you would expect to see out there playing against you? Um, sure. So you know, like <laughs> as an athlete, as a coach, you know. Like, although wins and losses come a dime a dozen, like, they still hurt, you know? And uh, for me, I I think I, I had a feeling of, like, if I had to win, then maybe, cool, let other people sort of have the experience. But to have come that close, like, it it, it leaves such a, a, like, bitter pill and a bitter, like, 
just taste in the mouth. So let me tell you, I'm waiting. I already wrote it on my vision board, like survivor season, whatever, redemption, I'm there. Like I, I, I need to run it back and I will make sure that I leave nothing to chance that next time around. Believe you me. Um, <laughs> but but um, in terms of arrival, um, based on sort of how everything went, I would say that my closest rival in terms of this past season would probably be Centurni. And I say that because, you know, for the most part, my, myself and her were playing a very similar game. It's sort of there in the middle, working with other factions, sort of anyone but me kind of mentality. Um, and, well, evidently, she did it more entertainingly, but I did it better, I think, which is why I maybe lasted a little bit longer. But um, just by virtue of how similar our games were, were being and how, you know, at the end, we butted heads so much that you can, you can see it. It's very visible in, in that final Travel Council, exactly what she thought about me. So that would, is who I would say would be naturally my um, my rival. But I do have a lot of love for her. And, you know, it's all love after the show. I'm I'm always going to be like that as a as an athlete as a coach. It's like go hard at someone during the game, but after the game you shake hands, grab a cold one. Well done, thanks for playing. You know. Yeah. So final question: What is your advice to those people that are going to go out there and play season nine of Survivor? What do you feel like they should sort of take into consideration going out there and playing the game? Um. So yeah, there's a, there's there's so many things I, I would like. I would want to tell someone like that cliche. I think Jacques had said it, um, you know, play your first time like it's your second time, you know? So when you are making decisions, think about them. Okay. But then reason and, and sort of mull over why that decision is the way it is. And what would you do better? You know, like if you can sort of think like that, allow for flexibility, like have no expectations of how you think things should be going for sure. Um, those would be the two biggest advices like whilst on there, but it, by way of preparation, I would say honestly, and I, I've said this in every single podcast that I've been on, like listening to you guys and listening to all the other podcasts. Um, I wish I, I wish I knew uh, about them, you know, before doing the show, because when you like the way you guys dive so deep into, you know, and dissect in dissecting, you know, everyone's moves and everything. I think that would have given me great insights as to like, you know, what are some do's and don'ts, you know? So I would definitely say besides watching a lot of Survivor, I would say maybe listen to a couple of podcasts and stuff just to get a, a sense of like how the, you know, the super fans think, because if you have that sort of thought process, but if you can, if you can use that in the right way, you know, I feel like obviously the likes of Jason and Dino probably let their fandom maybe, uh, overrun the, the the way that they wanted to organically play but um yeah i think that would be a great uh, preparation tool as well you get you give us way too much credit we're watching an edited show so it makes it a bit easier than actually being out there playing the game but i but i get your drift um and, and how you're thinking about that so i guess smash what's next for you um you know what are you getting up to next is there anything that you would like to make um viewers sort of aware of um any any sort of things you want to plug yeah, well, I mean, um, you know, 
you can reach me on my social medias, um, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's it's the exact same handle, Mr. Nila Majorzi, all small caps. Um, yeah, at the moment, um, I, I've just been blessed uh, and approached by um, Swayster Brain, who is one of the Springbok uh, consultants, coaching consultants. He does the skills for the Springboks. Um, he's asked me to come in and, and coach with him. Um, so... Sort of so just for those that are from America, because a lot of people watch from America, that's the South African national rugby team, just so that they know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the the, the Springboks, the main the main ones, and yeah. um, yeah. So to to have an opportunity like that is unbelievable. Um, which I'll be doing now in the coming weeks, and then um, uh, in October off to um off to Wales to go and uh, coach rugby that side, which is something I'm extremely extremely excited about. Um. And just keen to see where I can take this career. You know, it it is my passion. Um, Something that I didn't necessarily think about doing, but, you know, apparently because of the way I articulate myself, it's sort of been brought into my attention of maybe considering sports broadcasting and um, a podcast of my own or or anything like that. So, yeah, that's something that I would very much be open to doing as well. Yeah, well, we'll talk after this as well. If there's anything that I can help with in regards to advice, more than happy to share the knowledge. Um, but before I let you go, I guess, you know, we've got a big game coming up tomorrow between New Zealand, which is my adopted country, and South Africa, my country of birth. And also, I am still a Springbok supporter ahead of All Blacks. Yeah. I know a lot yeah. of people will be very upset about that, but you can't change that. Um, if you're a South African, you're a South African. Um, what is your predictions going into tomorrow? And uh, we'll look back and we'll roll the tape back and see how incorrect or correct you were. And I'll I'll take a stab at it as well. So you're not the only one making a bold call. <laughs> yeah, <here>. please. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I, let me say let me put it like this. I think the absolute worst time you want to play the Springboks is when their backs against the wall, which is where they find themselves right now. Like there's nothing more dangerous than an underestimated Springbok team. And mm. right now they will be hurting from those lo- those past two losses. So they are going to come at it hard. Having said that, though, and I'm really hoping that I'm proven wrong, but having said that, though, like, yeah, New Zealand, I, I, I can't see them. I can't see the All Blacks losing this one, to be honest. And I, I, I think it will be tight. I think it will be tight. But, um, yeah, I think the All Blacks might pinch it, unfortunately. I hope I'm wrong. What do you think? So, so, so score, what, you know, throw a score out there. What do you reckon? Oh, that's or what, how many points? How many points? How many points between, between the All Blacks and Springboks? Two trials play one. So I'm going to say something like 1912. 17 12. 19, 12. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I agree with everything that you said about the Springboks, you know, current world champions. They haven't been playing like world champions in recent uh, games. And Australia isn't as good of a team as the All Blacks is. I mean, they're still in a rebuilding phase as well. Um, I'm really nervous going into tomorrow's game. And I know that there's some people at work that will listen to this podcast and will give me grief if I've got it wrong. But you know what? I've been wrong 80% of the time coming on this podcast this season, talking to Riley. So I'm okay with being wrong once again and making a very, very bold call here. So I'm going to go and I'm going to back the box to bloody pull it out. I'm going to go with my heart. And um, I'm going to think that it's going to, there's going to be some tries scored here. So I'm going to say 32-28. Very close game between them, but the box just clinched it at the end. I hope I'm right. Um, I would hate I like to be wrong for the fourth time in a row. <laughs> in a row but 
I can be wrong. It's okay. My my professional career is not at stake here. You know, I'm not the one that's <laughs> trying to become a coach at the moment for for a, a, a national or a professional team out there. So, uh, Smash, it's been great talking to you. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I hope that we can do this again at some point in the future. And when we recap the next season, hopefully I can call on your name to come on and, and give us a little bit of an analysis of the gameplay. Chris, thank you so much. And honestly, such a huge fan. And yeah, you can call me whenever. I'll always, I'll always pick up that call. And thanks for having me today. Um, yeah, one thing you also got wrong was I think you had me dead last in your team. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> I yeah, like, give, give it to me. Give it to me. Yeah, no. Uh, you can. Uh, but me. I would have. I, I did. I did come on the podcast and say I would have voted for Anella in the final. Uh, me and Sean would have been the only two. I said that would have voted for Anella in the final. Oh, That's yeah. nothing against. It's nothing against Nicole. I think she's a very deserving winner. But I really, you know, did respect the game you played. I felt like you had an extremely like. I think you should hold your head up high. I know it can be devastating getting to the final, not getting any votes, but it is bloody hard to get there in the first place. So to get there, you should be proud of that. And then secondly, the game you played, um, being sort of separated from your allies for such a long time the social connections you needed to form for people to keep you safe i saw the strategy behind what you were doing even if the final tribal council i'm sure you didn't articulate it in a way where the jury could appreciate that and i'm not taking away any because there, there were so many big fans and great jury members is a great cast um but you know it is what it is i you know i came on the podcast and said i would have voted for you so i try to amend make amends for the fact that i had you dead last in my team but you proved me wrong and the only reason i had you dead last i'm pretty sure we spoke about that in that podcast is i thought people would look at you as a rob bentelli and that's a compliment because rob bentelli is a really good player of the game and i just thought we just had a Zulu uh, you know, king come on there and win the show. We've now got another you know, you know, really athletically fit Zulu coming into this one. It's, it's going to be tough, you know. And look at it, Nicole. So and it's, an, it's again, it's a Nicole-Zulu combo that made it all the way to the end, similar to what happened in Rob Bentele. It's just this time it went the other way around. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely got to run it back someday. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks. Thank you very much for your time today and um, we'll catch up. Thanks, Chris.